Chapters 71 through 81 of Against Celsus, Book 3 by Origen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. He next assumes what is not granted by the more rational class of believers, but what perhaps is considered to be true by some who are devoid of intelligence, viz. that, quote, God, like those who are overcome with pity, being himself overcome, alleviates the sufferings of the wicked through pity for their wailings, and casts off the good who do nothing of that kind which is the height of injustice. End quote. Now, in our judgment, God lightens the suffering of no wicked man who has not betaken himself to a virtuous life, and casts off no one who is already good, nor yet alleviates the suffering of any one who mourns, simply because he utters lamentation or takes pity upon him, to use the word pity in its more common acceptation. But those who have passed severe condemnation upon themselves because of their sins, and who, as on that account, lament and bewail themselves as lost, so far as their previous conduct is concerned, and who have manifested a satisfactory change, are received by God on account of their repentance as those who have undergone a transformation from a life of great wickedness. For virtue, taking up her abode in the souls of these persons, and expelling the wickedness which had previous possession of them, produces an oblivion of the past, and even although virtue do not effect an entrance, yet, if a considerable progress take place in the soul, even that is sufficient, in the proportion that it is progressive, to drive out and destroy the flood of wickedness, so that it almost ceases to remain in the soul." In the next place, speaking as in the person of a teacher of our doctrine, he expresses himself as follows, quote, Wise men reject what we say, being led into error and ensnared by their wisdom, end quote. In reply to which we say that, since wisdom is the knowledge of divine and human things and of their causes, or, as it is defined by the word of God, quote, the breath of the power of God and a pure influence flowing from the glory of the Almighty, and the brightness of the everlasting light, and the unspotted mirror of the power of God, and the image of his goodness. End quote. No one who was really wise would reject what is said by a Christian acquainted with the principles of Christianity, or would be led into error or ensnared by it. For true wisdom does not mislead, but ignorance does, while of existing things knowledge alone is permanent, and the truth which is derived from wisdom. But if, contrary to the definition of wisdom, you call any one whatever who dogmatizes with sophistical opinions wise, we answer that in conformity with what you call wisdom, such an one rejects the words of God, being misled and ensnared by plausible sophisms. And since, according to our doctrine, wisdom is not the knowledge of evil, but the knowledge of evil, so to speak, is in those who hold false opinions and who are deceived by them, I would therefore in such persons term it ignorance rather than wisdom. After this, he again slanders the ambassador of Christianity and gives out regarding him that he relates, quote, ridiculous things, end quote, although he does not show or clearly point out what are the things which he calls ridiculous. And in his slanders, he says that, quote, no wise man believes the gospel, being driven away by the multitudes who adhere to it. End quote. 
and in this he acts like one who should say that owing to the multitude of those ignorant persons who are brought into subjection to the laws no wise man would yield obedience to solon for example or lycurgus or zaleucus or any other legislator and especially if by wise man he means one who is wise by living in conformity with virtue for as with regard to these ignorant persons the legislators according to their ideas of utility cause them to be surrounded with appropriate guidance and laws so god legislating through jesus christ for men in all parts of the world brings to himself even those who are not wise in the way in which it is possible for such persons to be brought to a better life and god well knowing this as we have already shown in the preceding pages says in the books of moses quote, they have moved me to jealousy with that which is not god they have provoked me to anger with their idols and i will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people i will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation End quote. and paul also knowing this said quote, but god hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise End quote. calling in a general way wise all who appear to have made advances in knowledge but have fallen into an atheistic polytheism since quote, professing themselves to be wise they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible god into an image made like a corruptible man into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things End quote. he accuses the christian teacher moreover of quote, seeking after the unintelligent End quote. in answer we ask whom do you mean by the unintelligent for to speak accurately every wicked man is unintelligent if then by unintelligent you mean the wicked do you in drawing men to philosophy seek to gain the wicked or the virtuous but it is impossible to gain the virtuous because they have already given themselves to philosophy the wicked then you try to gain but if they are wicked are they unintelligent and many such you seek to win over to philosophy and you therefore seek the unintelligent but if i seek after those who are thus termed unintelligent i act like a benevolent physician who should seek after the sick in order to help and cure them if however by unintelligent you mean persons who are not clever but the inferior class of men intellectually i shall answer that i endeavour to improve such also to the best of my ability although i would not desire to build up the christian community out of such materials for i seek in preference those who are more clever and acute because they are able to comprehend the meaning of the hard sayings and of those passages in the law and prophecies and gospels which are expressed with obscurity and which you have despised as not containing anything worthy of notice because you have not ascertained the meaning which they contain nor tried to enter into the aim of the writers but as he afterwards says that quote, the teacher of christianity acts like a person who promises to restore patients to bodily health but who prevents them from consulting skilled physicians by whom his ignorance would be exposed End quote. we shall inquire in reply quote, what are the physicians to whom you refer from whom we turn away ignorant individuals for you do not suppose that we exhort those to embrace the gospel who are devoted to philosophy so that you would regard the latter as the physicians from whom we keep away such as we invite to come to the word of god End quote. 
he indeed will make no answer because he cannot name the physicians or else he will be obliged to betake himself to those of them who are ignorant and who of their own accord severally yield themselves to the worship of many gods and to whatever other opinions are entertained by ignorant individuals in either case then he will be shown to have employed to no purpose in his argument the illustration of quote, one who keeps others away from skilled physicians end quote. but if in order to preserve the philosophy of epicurus and from such as are considered physicians after his system those who are deceived by them why should we not be acting most reasonably in keeping such away from a dangerous disease caused by the physicians of celsus that viz which leads to an annihilation of providence and the introduction of pleasure as a good but let it be conceded that we do keep away those whom we encourage to become our disciples from other philosopher physicians from the peripatetics for example who deny the existence of providence and the relation of deity to man why shall we not piously train and heal those who have been thus encouraged persuading them to devote themselves to the god of all things and free those who yield obedience to us from the great wounds inflicted by the words of such as are deemed to be philosophers nay let it also be admitted that we turn away from physicians of the sect of the stoics who introduce a corruptible god and assert that his essence consists of a body which is capable of being changed and altered in all its parts and who also maintain that all things will one day perish and that god alone will be left why shall we not even thus emancipate our subjects from evils and bring them by pious arguments to devote themselves to the creator and to admire the father of the christian system who has so arranged that instruction of the most benevolent kind and fitted for the conversion of souls should be distributed throughout the whole human race nay if we should cure those who have fallen into the folly of believing in the transmigration of souls through the teaching of physicians who will have it that the rational nature descends sometimes into all kinds of irrational animals and sometimes into that state of being which is incapable of using the imagination why should we not improve the souls of our subjects by means of a doctrine which does not teach that a state of insensibility or rationalism is produced in the wicked instead of punishment but which shows that the labors and chastisements inflicted upon the wicked by god are a kind of medicines leading to conversion for those who are intelligent christians keeping this in view deal with the simple-minded as parents do very young children we do not betake ourselves then to young persons and silly rustics saying to them quote, flee from physicians end quote. nor do we say quote, see that none of you lay hold of knowledge end quote. nor do we assert that quote, knowledge is an evil end quote. nor are we mad enough to say that quote, knowledge causes men to lose their soundness of mind end quote. we would not even say that any one ever perished through wisdom and although we give instruction we never say quote, give heed to me end quote. but quote, give heed to the god of all things and to jesus the giver of instruction concerning him end quote. and none of us is so great a braggart as to say what celsus put in the mouth of one of our teachers to his acquaintances quote, i alone will save you end quote 
observe here the lies which he utters against us moreover we do not assert that quote, true physicians destroy those whom they promise to cure end quote. and he produces a second illustration to our disadvantage saying that quote, our teacher acts like a drunken man who entering a company of drunkards should accuse those who are sober of being drunk end quote. but let him show say from the writings of paul that the apostle of jesus gave way to drunkenness and that his words were not those of soberness or from the writings of john that his thoughts do not breathe a spirit of temperance and of freedom from the intoxication of evil no one then who is of sound mind and teaches the doctrines of christianity gets drunk with wine but celsus utters these calumnies against us in a spirit very unlike that of a philosopher moreover let celsus say who those sober persons are whom the ambassadors of christianity accuse for in our judgment all are intoxicated who address themselves to inanimate objects as to god and why do i say intoxicated insane would be the more appropriate word for those who hasten to temples and worship images or animals as divinities and they too are not less insane who think that images fashioned by men of worthless and sometimes most wicked character confer any honor upon genuine divinities he next likens our teacher to one suffering from ophthalmia and his disciples to those suffering from the same disease and says that quote, such an one amongst a company of those who are afflicted with ophthalmia accuses those who are sharp-sighted of being blind End quote. who then would we ask o greeks are they who in our judgment do not see save those who are unable to look up from the exceeding greatness of the world and its contents and from the beauty of created things and to see that they ought to worship and admire and reverence him alone who made these things and that it is not befitting to treat with reverence anything contrived by man and applied to the honor of god whether it be without a reference to the creator or with one for to compare with that illimitable excellence which surpasses all created beings things which ought not to be brought into comparison with it is the act of those whose understanding is darkened we do not then say that those who are sharp-sighted are suffering from ophthalmia or blindness but we assert that those who in ignorance of god give themselves to temples and images and so-called sacred seasons are blinded in their minds and especially when in addition to their impiety they live also in licentiousness not even inquiring after any honorable work whatever but doing everything that is of a disgraceful character after having brought against us charges of so serious a kind he wishes to make it appear that although he has others to adduce he passes them by in silence his words are as follow quote, these charges i have to bring against them and others of a similar nature not to enumerate them one by one and i affirm that they are in error and that they act insolently towards god in order to lead on wicked men by empty hopes and to persuade them to despise better things saying that if they refrain from them it will be better for them End quote. in answer to which it might be said that from the power which shows itself in those who are converted to christianity it is not at all the wicked who are won over to the gospel as the more simple class of persons 
and, as many would term them, the unpolished. For such individuals, through fear of the punishments that are threatened, which arouses and exhorts them to refrain from those actions which are followed by punishments, strive to yield themselves up to the Christian religion, being influenced by the power of the word to such a degree that through fear of what are called in the word, quote, everlasting punishments, end quote, they despise all the tortures which are devised against them among men, even death itself, with countless other evils, which no wise man would say is the act of persons of wicked mind. How can temperance and sober-mindedness or benevolence and liberality be practiced by a man of wicked mind? Nay, even the fear of God cannot be felt by such an one, with respect to which, because it is useful to the many, the gospel encourages those who are not yet able to choose that which ought to be chosen for its own sake, to select it as the greatest blessing and one above all promise, for this principle cannot be implanted in him who prefers to live in wickedness. But if, in these matters, any one were to imagine that it is superstition rather than wickedness which appears in the multitude of those who believe the word, and should charge our doctrine with making men superstitious, we shall answer him by saying that, as a certain legislator replied to the question of one who asked him whether he had enacted for his citizens the best laws, that he had not given them absolutely the best, but the best which they were capable of receiving, so it might be said by the father of the Christian doctrine, I have given the best laws and instruction for the improvement of morals of which the many were capable, not threatening sinners with imaginary labors and chastisements, but with such as are real and necessary to be applied for the correction of those who offer resistance, although they do not at all understand the object of him who inflicts the punishment nor the effect of the labors. For the doctrine of punishment is both attended with utility and is agreeable to truth and is stated in obscure terms with advantage. Moreover, as for the most part, it is not the wicked whom the ambassadors of Christianity gain over, neither do we insult God. For we speak regarding him both what is true and what appears to be clear to the multitude, but not so clear to them as it is to those few who investigate the truths of the gospel in a philosophical manner. Seeing, however, that Celsus alleges that, quote, Christians are won over by us through vain hopes, end quote, we thus reply to him when he finds fault with our doctrine of the blessed life and of communion with God, quote, As for you, good sir, they also are won over by vain hopes who have accepted the doctrine of Pythagoras and Plato regarding the soul, that it is its nature to ascend to the vault of heaven, and in the super-celestial space to behold the sights which are seen by the blessed spectators above. According to you, O Celsus, they also who have accepted the doctrine of the duration of the soul after death, and who lead a life through which they become heroes, and make their abodes with the gods, are won over by vain hopes. Probably, also, they who are persuaded that the soul comes into the body from without, and that it will be withdrawn from the power of death, would be said by Celsus to be won over by empty hopes. Let him, then, come forth to the contest." no longer concealing the sect to which he belongs, but confessing himself to be an Epicurean, 
and let him meet the arguments which are not lightly advanced among greeks and barbarians regarding the immortality of the soul or its duration after death or the immortality of the thinking principle and let him prove that these are the words which deceive with empty hopes those who give their assent to them but that the adherents of his philosophical system are pure from empty hopes and that they indeed lead to hopes of good or what is more in keeping with his opinions give birth to no hope at all on account of the immediate and complete destruction of the soul after death unless perhaps celsus and the epicureans will deny that it is a vain hope which they entertain regarding their end pleasure which according to them is the supreme good and which consists in the permanent health of the body and the hope regarding it which is entertained by epicurus and do not suppose that it is not in keeping with the christian religion for me to have accepted against celsus the opinions of those philosophers who have treated of the immortality or after duration of the soul for holding certain views in common with them we shall more conveniently establish our position that the future life of blessedness shall be for those only who have accepted the religion which is according to jesus and that devotion towards the creator of all things which is pure and sincere and unmingled with any created thing whatever and let him who likes show what quote, better things end quote, we persuade men to despise and let him compare the blessed end with god in christ that is the word and the wisdom and all virtue which according to our view shall be bestowed by the gift of god on those who have lived a pure and blameless life and who have felt a single and undivided love for the god of all things with that end which is to follow according to the teaching of each philosophic sect whether it be greek or barbarian or according to the professions of religious mysteries and let him prove that the end which is predicted by any of the others is superior to that which we promise and consequently that that is true and ours not befitting the gift of god nor those who have lived a good life or let him prove that these words were not spoken by the divine spirit who filled the souls of the holy prophets and let him who likes show that those words which are acknowledged among all men to be human are superior to those which are proved to be divine and uttered by inspiration and what are the quote, better end quote, things from which we teach those who receive them that it would be better to abstain for if it be not arrogant so to speak it is self-evident that nothing can be denied which is better than to entrust oneself to the god of all and yield oneself up to the doctrine which raises us above all created things and brings us through the animate and living word which is also living wisdom and the son of god to god who is over all however as the third book of our answers to the treatise of celsus has extended to a sufficient length we shall here bring our present remarks to a close and in what is to follow shall meet what celsus has subsequently written end of against celsus book three by origin of alexandria translated by frederick crombie read by david ronald